Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. Employers are telling us this is the tightest labor market they've seen in the last 20 years. In fact, a recent study by Eagle Hill Consulting shows that 25% of workers plan to leave their current jobs for new opportunities post-COVID. Let's face it, it's difficult to find good people, take some time to get them trained and profitable to your company, and incredibly expensive when they walk out the door. At ARIA Benefits, we believe well-designed employee benefit plans enhance people's lives. And that enhancement should also apply to the business leaders in the company. Our team designs innovative, modern programs that attract and retain top quality employees so you get the most out of your biggest investment, your people. ARIA Benefits. Together, we'll hit all the high notes. And with that, let's get started. Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, the fabulous Al McDonald. Al, what do you say? Well, that's quite the introduction, Robin. Always excited to be here on a Friday to uh, do our podcast. We were talking even before we just came on uh, about our biggest challenge, our elephant in the room, uh, which is right now the the rollout of the COVID vaccine. And, you know, I think everyone's a little bit frustrated and after being dealing with a pandemic now for over a year. But anyway, life goes on and we're here enjoying the day. Looking forward to a, a day of podcasts and certainly looking forward to talking to our first guests. For sure. As you know, one of my favorite days of the month, Podcast Friday, as, as we've called it, and uh, really exciting. And uh, today is no exception. Best part of the, about the podcast, talking with amazing people. And uh, we were referred to this person by one of our prior guests, Fatima. And Fatima, we were chatting earlier, is just crushing out there. So Fatima, we're all fans of yours, and uh, we wish you continued success. But joining us today is Diana Goodwin, and Diana is the founder and CEO of MarketBox, which is a sales and scheduling e-commerce platform designed to boost sales for service businesses with mobile and virtual workforces, which is very much the case these days. Diana initially founded Aqua Mobile, an on-demand swimming lesson provider, which is now the largest of its kind in North America and Australia. The Aqua Mobile software gave her the opportunity to start and spin out MarketBox, Diana is considered a tech innovator and thought leader in marketplace businesses, customer experience, and leveraging technology to scale. She can regularly be seen at speaking events, sharing her knowledge with both corporate and entrepreneurial audiences. Diana has been profiled in Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, Tech Vibes, and successfully pitched on Dragon's Den. She has won numerous business awards, including Emerging Entrepreneur of the Year and the Tell Us $100,000 Small business challenge. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. It's a great way to start a Friday morning. When I asked you for your bio on it, you know, you never know what you're going to get back from, and from people. But I mean, wow, very accomplished. Uh, when do you find time for uh, non-business activities? You're right. Uh, you <laughs> sounds like you're pretty, you got a pretty busy schedule there. No, I mean, I, I do actually find time to get outside and go for walks and spend time outdoors. And I actually find that helps me be more effective 
efficient and effective when I am working. I find I do actually have to bake out time to do that in my schedule though, because if I don't, like I love what I do. So I just keep working. So that's been a challenge, but, uh, but I do actually now block out times. You know what? I think that's important. And, and I only started doing that. And for my exercise, for my work, and especially as Al said, we're all locked down, you know, we're working from home or at least a hybrid situation. I'm in the office once a week, most of the time I'm at home. And yesterday was an example where I was sitting in front of the screen the entire day. And like you, Diana, I lock out that time now. So every, you know, five days a week in my calendar is that hour, hour and a half to get my exercise done. And I find that works very well because, and I'm sure you would experience this too. If you don't do that, there's always another task showing up in your CRM. There's always an important email. There's a phone call coming in. There's a project that you're working on. So I think it's so important that you block out that time. And I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. It's been much more beneficial to, to me in the long run to make sure I have that time in there. Well, as a business leader, I mean, that's, that's incredibly important. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to do all these wonderful things in life, but if you don't have your health and especially your mental health, you're just not going to be an effective leader for yourself and your family, but also to your team. So I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, that's something I think I've definitely benefited from uh, doing over the last year, but let's dive into what we want to talk about on the podcast, because I think, I think you have some incredible insights. We've chatted offline before recording, and I think the audience will really benefit from it. So let's jump into it. Can you tell us about some of the shifts you've seen in consumer behavior and trends these last few years and and how is that impacting businesses and their ability to grow, especially right now? Yeah, absolutely. Even prior to the pandemic, consumers were moving towards this trend of wanting everything immediately. They want what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and they're used to on-demand everything. So if you think about Amazon is the obvious one, you know, they'll be able to, you know, one click shipping, you can get things delivered in some areas within an hour to you. There's on demand movies, you've got Netflix, right? Oh, here, I'm going to pick from thousands of options. Same with Spotify for music. There's so many options now, you know, Uber, Instacart, I could, I could go on and on. But because of all of this, consumers are expecting everything immediately. And, you know, the companies that are the ones that can traditionally afford that are the larger companies that have billions of dollars of cash literally at their disposal, and they can take a loss to make this experience happen. And so the companies that are actually struggling the most are the small and medium businesses, the ones that traditionally haven't leveraged technology. They've been leveraging their, you know, the fact that they're a small business and they they can get to know their customers. And that's what keeps those customers coming back. But unfortunately, that's not good enough anymore. And so businesses really need to change what they consider good customer service and a, a great customer experience so that they can survive and, and thrive for years to come. Otherwise, it's just too easy for a consumer to go onto Amazon's website and order literally every product they need right there for the cheapest price. It's really interesting, the very first part of your conversation that you started with your answer about how consumers these days are used to having stuff immediately. And getting back to where we started this conversation about the pandemic, I think in in some ways, that's the reason that a number of people are struggling with this is because this has been going on now for over a year. And like you said, people are so used to having the solution like that. And the whole pandemic is not over 
just like that. It's really a shift in the way people think that has caused obviously a lot of, bit of frustration that they're used to, used to answers immediately and used to, used to solutions immediately. So it's really interesting that you said that, even though it's, you know, it's not part of the business model, but it's part of the thought process, I think, that goes on. So I have a question for you. What advice do you have for business owners or managers who want to uh, adapt to this new landscape? What would you, how would you answer that? So, I mean, it really comes down to, in a nutshell, being able to provide a great customer experience. And so there's something I call the rebel customer, essentially, which is you know what we were just kind of talking about. And I like to coach other entrepreneurs and business owners on how do you actually tame the rebel customer? And there's actually a few things here. The first thing is actually really, really understand who your customers are. I mean, I know we kind of all say that, but really get to know who they are and what they want, like what are their pain points? Why are they coming to you as a business owner or as a, as a business? What problems are you solving of theirs? I think it's really important to pause and dive deep on that. For example, even Aquamobile, it's not just swimming lessons. Our customers are not just busy parents getting swimming lessons for their kids. It's also a way for them to help build confidence for their children and when you start to go deeper into why your customers are, you know, who they are and why they're using you, then you can start to think of new ways to add value to them. And when you can think of new ways to add value, you might not necessarily be, I'm not necessarily talking about a new revenue stream. It could be that, but they're going to become more loyal to your brand. And then the key from there is now that you have these new ways to add value to your customer, figure out how to capture that revenue. It's not just enough to have an idea. You have to think about how you can capture that. And a lot of times capturing that nowadays and going into the future means leveraging technology, figuring out how you can automate things so that you can get, whether it's your service or your product, get it, the experience to the customer as soon as possible and deliver to them in a way that gives them a wow experience. Oh my God, you are dropping so many bombs of knowledge in that one answer. And I just, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, Diana, and I won't do it as well as you because you just mic drop there. There's a couple of things you touched on. Number one, talking about the pain points and finding out what the pain points of your customer is. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I certainly have. And, and it's an approach on LinkedIn. I'll connect with someone and I'll get pitched immediately. Just pitched immediately and not one question. And, and, I'll, and I'll go back to, I'll tell you a bit of a story about where I, I found someone actually delivered value and, and, and hopefully it'll illustrate for other people about don't come and pitch right away. Get to know me. Find out what my pain points are. Let's have a conversation. In the past year, both Al and I, for both brands of our companies, were looking to do a corporate video. And we found a number of firms that did corporate videos and told stories and they were all very accomplished and they had great product that they put out there. And the first couple of companies we talked to spent an hour meeting, 99% of that meeting telling us about all the stuff that they could do. And they were very established firms. The smallest firm that approached us, maybe a one or two person operation, the very first thing she did was start asking us questions about our lives. What's important to us? Why do you do what you do? Personally, what do you do in your off time? And we ended up we knew immediately after that interview that we were going to go with this person because they wanted to find out what was important to us. And as a result, I don't know if you've seen those corporate videos, but I can send them to you after the story it tells. I mean, 
it's so engaging and, and, and I watch it now and I, and I get that emotional response because that is clearly our purpose and that's, that's our story. So I'm so glad you brought that up. You also talked about what is your solution bring to the table besides a product, besides a, a service. And one of the things you touched on with the swimming was confidence. And I look back in my own life. I mean, you know, my parents put me in swimming lessons, I think when I was four years old and what a difference that is affecting my, my entire life. Right? It's amazing, and, right? Yeah, and and it's and I love that you you also touched on again. You dropped so much knowledge there. You also touched on that wow experience. What can you do to and and you know the status quo? I mean, like it or not, the world has changed, right? And and it's still it's still surreal to me, and I think to a lot of people that a year later we're still in the position we're in, and you know what, we're making headway, and we'll and we'll get there, and we'll get back to the new normal, I guess, I guess people are calling it, but that, that wow experience is so important. And the status quo of yesterday, you're exactly right. Doesn't work anymore. And at our company, we're always working on improving that wow experience. But I had an example this morning, my assistant at the office, she was following up with something with a, with a brand new client we're bringing on. And I had mentioned to her, he's a huge Maple Leafs fan. And we won't hold that against them, of course, but my, my assistant is a huge Maple Leaf fan. So she had followed up with, with a little bit of business thing that we had to do. And she said, hey, by the way, I heard your big Leafs say it too. I'm the biggest. I've been a fan for years. And unfortunately, they lost last night and uh, you know, three goals in, in a minute or whatever she had said. And ouch. And that little piece, I'm sure, will bring that relationship a little bit deeper with that client. So I love that you touched on that. And I think you're right. If you're not bringing that wow experience to someone, someone else is going to step in and do it for you. Yeah. And I think an important thing to remember is a larger and larger percentage of that wow experience is that speediness, you know, and that's usually going to happen with technology. And that's the part that some businesses have been either slow to adapt because they're just Sometimes they can't afford it. Uh, they just don't have that skill set. But a friend of mine, Renee Warren, she was even saying she wanted to support a friend of hers and buy a pair of you know yoga style pants from her website. But it was so frustrating and hard to do. She almost you know if it wasn't her friend, she would have left much sooner and not even bought a pair. Um, but it was her friend, so she kept trying to make it work. But if she didn't have that relationship, that's a lost sale. So dad, I mean, this is, this is great. And this is exactly why I wanted to chat with you on the podcast, because again, so much great knowledge here, but I want to talk about market box. I know you've been able to help launch a number of other businesses as we come out of the pandemic, which, which I'm so excited about because, you know, at the beginning when we didn't know anything, it's doom and gloom. And, and I was worried, I was really worried about my customers. And it's great to see that people, that entrepreneurial spirit is still there and people are still launching companies. I mean, this is, this is great. I've, I've been chatting with a number of, of them on the employee benefits side. So what are some of the interesting businesses you've helped launch during this time? Yeah, I mean, it's, first of all, there's been so many, it's it's just been a wonderful opportunity to be able to talk to so many business owners and businesses in general. So yeah, we've seen a bunch of really, really creative ideas. They had to kind of pause for a while, but now we've actually got um, a number of mobile beauty service companies that are going to be launching. You know, they might not be able to afford their retail space anymore, or they've now 
adapted because they're seeing more and more people again want things coming right to them instead of having to go out for the service. I think a really interesting one that came in the other day was a ketamine assisted therapy. And so they've signed on to start launching and growing through MarketBox. We have a company on board that launched an at-home chef company as well as uh, offering hybrid, like doing virtual cooking classes as well. And this entrepreneur came up with this idea, seeing all of the restaurant owners, people in the service industry that had been displaced, put out of work, mobile car detailing, tutoring. We're getting actually quite a few tutoring, tutoring companies that are offering, whether it's math, music lessons online or in person, you know, what's been great is that we've been able to help these companies switch to online so that they can kind of right now just do online while things are closed up. But because our system handles the in-home stuff as well, they can transition and open up that revenue stream again as the world opens up. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I like to see is that they're getting creative in terms of what ways they can use our software. So even we've had a number of home service type companies. So plumbing, lawn care, pool maintenance, and they'll even, they've never thought before, oh, well, yes, I'm always traveling to a home to provide a service, but I can start offering virtual diagnostics instead of me having to travel to the home to provide the quote. I can just use something like Zoom because MarketBox has a Zoom integration, for example, and now a customer can go and book a time very easily, enter in what they need. Okay, I need a diagnostic. Here's the times available for that. Great. They can book that time in. Yeah, it's been really great to see some of these interesting businesses, not just, you know, it's a combination of businesses that have realized, okay, I need to provide a better client experience, but then it's also business owners that have adapted because they've had their livelihood taken away from them or severely reduced. And so now they've gotten creative and said, okay, well, what can I do now? Or as we're coming out of this pandemic to make sure that I am protected and this doesn't happen to me again. It's amazing how quickly the world really has adapted to exactly what you said to this digital format. And people are very comfortable. Al and I have experienced that because in the beginning, I was worried about because I've always done face-to-face meetings and, you know, part of what I do is developing, you know, relationships with people. And I was worried, am I going to be able to do that in a digital format and do my job properly? And I remember the very first lead, I had got a lead on a, on a new case and start to finish and still have not met this person in person. And the relationship is still there. I was still able to develop that. And I, and I saw a report and, and I won't quote it because I don't know the exact numbers, but the number was very high. It was in the 90% range, especially in financial services. People were very comfortable in dealing in this format that we're recording on Zoom today. So it's certainly from me, I used to drive into Toronto and oftentimes it was for one appointment. So, you know, there's, especially in traffic, there's 40, 45 minutes driving, there's finding parking. There's rushing to the washroom because you've been in the car for 45 minutes and then, you know, another 45 minutes out. So, I mean, talk about efficiency. So, I mean, with you helping these, these clients being able to develop that and being able to exactly their, their livelihood has been affected and continue and, and maybe going to in an even better direction that they hadn't anticipated before. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, and we're, we're excited and, you know, we've been seeing great results. These are even companies that, you know, sometimes they didn't really fully understand the power of why they needed to start selling their services online and making it easy for customers to buy their services. And now they're seeing, oh, wow, 
I'm converting so many more website leads into actual sales because I don't have a silly form that they have to now fill out and wait for someone on my team to contact them. That just drags on the sale for days. People forget about it or they go somewhere else to a competitor. And so having the data for us to show that to them and they can actually see it with their own eyes, what's happening to their sales, it makes them believers. Diana, it sounds like you've helped out a lot of other companies, which is great. And you've talked a lot about technology and how you've been able to help other companies adapt. Can you talk a little bit about your own companies, Aquamobile and MarketBox, how they've adapted? And I'm going to throw a second parter at you too. And that is, you've talked a lot about leveraging technology. Can you maybe discuss too, a little, just what has caused you to be in so invested in technology? Like maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, where that came from. Uh, yeah, or whatever. absolutely. So Al, I'd say the reason why I'm so passionate is, you know, I mentioned my first business, Aquamobile, which is Uber for swimming lessons. And with Aquamobile, you know, we were sending swim instructors to clients, home and condo pools. And without technology, in this case, we had to build it ourselves because it didn't exist out there. But without technology, there's no way we would have been able to expand across Canada, the US and Australia with thousands of instructors on our roster. Absolutely no way. And it was, again, something that we had to build custom because there was no good software out there that would manage the e-commerce side of things to allow customers to book while simultaneously managing the travel zones and the travel times for all of these mobile workers. So I'm passionate about technology because I've seen how it transformed my own business. And that's kind of where MarketBox came from, a combination of people asking for our software. They saw what Aquamobile had and they said, hey, I want that for my business. And then kind of realizing, hey, I have all of this knowledge that I've gained from my experience leveraging technology. MarketBox is the perfect way for me to share that with others. And so that's kind of how MarketBox got started. You know, we spun the technology, the product out of Aquamobile, made it much, much better, much more robust and added a lot more features now at this point. But to answer, I guess, the part of the question about how have MarketBox and Aquamobile adapted? So I'll start with MarketBox. So MarketBox, you know, as I mentioned, we were starting off transforming the software idea from Aquamobile, which so initially meant for mobile workers. But then when the pandemic hit, a lot of those businesses, at least temporarily, couldn't operate. They couldn't send people to homes. They couldn't travel. So we actually figured, how can we adapt our software and so that people can still have revenue coming in. And that's where we added the Zoom integration. So then all of a sudden our system became able to handle mobile appointments, bricks and mortar, physical location appointments, as well as virtual appointments. And so it actually made it realize that our our business mission was much bigger than just to digitize and grow mobile service businesses. It actually became to digitize and grow service businesses because what's happened is we've now seen businesses that are not just necessarily mobile workers coming to us and saying, hey, I need this. You've got a great way for a customer to book a service and there's nothing like that exists. So that's why, because we're putting the customer experience first, it's actually helped us to build a better product and to develop an even bigger mission. So, you know, short term, it was, I think, painful for everyone. The the entire world froze last spring (laughs) for the very most part. And then kind of coming out of that, the adaptation actually made us more more resilient, more robust. And it actually made us realize our our mission is bigger than what we'd initially set out to do with MarketBox. I love hearing that. I think that's 
valuable information for a lot of businesses and, and people looking to start businesses as well. I know for Al and I, when, when we sent our employees home on March 18th of last year, like a lot of people, we didn't know what to expect and we were worried. And Diana, I mean, we, we've had a chat offline, but we did a lot as well. And we said, we are done if we don't adapt. And uh, the amount of work that we did from, you know, I'd say late March till end of October has really reinvigorated and reinvented the company. And we are busier than ever. So I'm so glad to hear from your standpoint that you're working with companies. Companies are still launching and and creating new businesses and existing businesses are, are adapting. And I think it's so important that there are people and companies out there like you who can help these people out. Because if you're stuck and you don't know what to do, chances are there's someone who's gone through that experience or have helped people through that experience. And I think reaching out to someone like you would be incredibly valuable to say, here's where I am today. Here's the business we have established. The world has changed. How do I adapt and move forward? So I think that's really great information. This has been amazing. This is exactly why we wanted to chat with you. And my first conversation with you was so enjoyable. I I, I said, we have to share this with the audience and uh, I, I think it's going to go over very well. So Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. I think it's really interesting. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at a, either MarketBox or AquaMobile? Yeah, best way you can reach out to me. I'm, I'm on the socials. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Diana M. Goodwin, on Instagram at Diana Goodwin. And you can find out more about MarketBox at gomarketbox.com and then also aquamobileswim.com. So yeah, please reach out. Uh, I think now is a really critical time for business owners to start adapting and happy to help however I can. And if you heard it here on this podcast, please let Diana know that you're listening to Robin and Al and you enjoyed the show so much that you wanted to reach out. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Do mention that. I always love hearing that stuff. All right. That does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.